Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Hey, everybody. What is going on? Today is Sunday. It is the 6th of May, 2018. Let's go ahead and get our contact info going, and then we'll jump in with the show. Voicemail is area code 206-745-2731. The email address is firearmscafe at gmail.com, and you can go ahead and send audio recordings as well as email. I also, as I had mentioned on the last show, am trying out a new email server client, however you want to say it. And that is through ProtonMail, where they kind of encrypt your stuff and they, their whole thing that they're setting up on and, and trying to use to get you to come in and be a client for them or, or to be someone who uses their service is privacy. And that's one thing that when we use some of these other sites, a lot of times that's you, you give up some of that stuff you, in order to use the free email accounts especially with Gmail, they kind of look through and mine your stuff. So anyway, the email address over at ProtonMail is, and if you'd like to use that, you can feel free to use that for the show, is monkey66, M-O-N-K-E-Y, 66 at protonmail.com. So I, like I said last week, I'd love for some of you guys maybe to go ahead and send me an email through there, just even if it's a hi, hello, or you know, this is Dave from Texas or whatever, and, and uh, we can kind of do some shout outs, that type of thing. Also, uh, I would like for you guys to maybe check some of that stuff out. I, I like it. Some people don't really think it's that big a deal. I kind of do. Also over uh, on the website, so we'll, we'll uh, I've got some actually some good feedback from Jeff, and we'll get to that here in a second. But let me finish up with the housekeeping stuff. So if you go over to the actual website, which is firearmscafe.com, You'll find buttons for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, I've also got a PayPal donation button over there as well. So if you ever feel so inclined, I will welcome your generous donations with open arms. Let's go ahead and jump in with that feedback that we got from Jeff. And he's talking about some privacy concerns. A lot of times we tend to focus on protecting ourselves from physical attacks, but we don't do too much to protect ourselves from attacks or intrusions, maybe even a better word, on our, our uh, cybernetic life, so to speak. So anyway, Jeff writes in, Hey Tony, welcome to Proton Mail. I just heard episode 168 where you're talking about setting up the account over here. I have another technology tip on privacy options. I'm a big user of Firefox. It's my preferred browser. Mozilla has released a new plugin for Firefox called the Facebook Container. And what it'll do is it will isolate any of your tabs you have that are running Facebook. Your Facebook session is only accessible from inside those tabs and not any other pages you're browsing. One of the ways that Facebook tracks you is a lot of pages uses something called the Facebook Pixel. It's just a little one by one pixel image that is transparent and gets loaded and they track you when you load that so they can sort of follow you around the internet with that. So then say you're running like a Shopify store 
and you embed that pixel on your page and then that's how people retarget ads towards you. The container wall will wall you off from that. Another way they track you is those sites that do single sign-on where you can sign in with your Facebook account instead of creating an account on that site. They will use that JavaScript on those pages to track you across the internet. Also, when they're embedded in a blog where you can hit the like button on somebody else's website and it shows up on Facebook, they will use that to track you. The container wall, or excuse me, the container will isolate those other things that can track you when you're not on your Facebook tab. Also, if you're running on Firefox, you should take a look at a plugin called Privacy Badger from the EFF. I would recommend that for everyone too. And again, that is from Jeff out in Texas. So again, Jeff always has good stuff, especially on the technology front. This thing called the Facebook Pixel, I never knew that. I didn't really know how they tracked you. I probably could have looked in and found out about it, but I, I just don't have the the knowledge on some of that stuff. But it is nice to know that there are things that are out there that you can sort of give yourself a little bit of protection, protection, excuse me, and give yourself a little bit of extra privacy. So again, Jeff, thanks for sending that in and hope to hear from you again real soon. All right, let's, you know, let me take a quick aside here. And I am trying to get my other podcast, Armed Ape, back out of the podcast graveyard or the pod fading graveyard. And I have talked to uh, some guys and they are pretty much on board for coming in as far as how it's going to work. I don't know if they're going to be doing every show or if we'll be sort of in and out or if the the, uh, co-host will kind of rotate in, that type of thing. But I was able to get some of those guys on board. And so hopefully I'm thinking maybe end of this month so end of may maybe start of june we can kind of get everything sort of up and going and i'll be able to start putting that thing out on a more regular basis i've worked actually pretty hard at trying to keep this show at least weekly i know sometimes i'm a day or two late but i always try and at least get something out for you guys and i'm going to try and continue to do that i think with armed ape having the other co-host will help me stay on schedule, kind of get a a production schedule going and being able to put out content for you guys. So anyway, I know a lot of guys that listen to this show also used to listen to Armed Ape and vice versa. Um, I know that the Armed Ape was always a smaller show uh, because it was a little bit more kind of like a shotgun approach a little bit, but that was always sort of the philosophy of the show, meaning that it was always a thing where it was kind of going to be about a variety of things and uh, kind of that was that. So anyway, let's go ahead and jump back into some firearm stuff. There is the NRA show that's going on, and I guess Trump went there and spoke about stuff. I haven't really, I listened to part of his speech and kind of read some transcripts of some of the stuff that he said. Eh, you know, it's sort of typical Trump stuff. I know a lot of people will take heart at what he said. And I guess... For the most part, maybe maybe we kind of should a little bit. At least he was there willing to come and speak at the show. Obama wouldn't have done it. I don't think, I don't even know when the last president did. Was it maybe, well, I don't, you know, I don't have any idea at all, so I shouldn't say anything. 
for whatever reason, I thought maybe Reagan had, but maybe I am so far off on that that I don't know. But anyway, some of the stuff that he said, and it's funny, a typical kind of Trump mannerisms and, and way of speaking, he says right now that the Second Amendment is under siege, but while he's president, it won't be under siege. But then that doesn't really make sense. And I, I know what he meant. But, uh, I mean, you know, come on. So anyway, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it's so hard to get a read on this guy. And I really do think, as I've said in the past, that anybody who sort of talks to him last and kind of gives him some flattery kind of gets his ear and kind of sort of sways his opinion. I, I Again, I don't think the guy has a lot of principles. I think he has a lot of positions on things. And that's why he's sort of back and forth. Will he ultimately be good for us in gun culture? I, I don't know. I don't think, I honestly, I don't think when push comes to shove, I don't think he'll do too much against us. I don't think he's going to do too much for us. I think he'll come out and make speeches and bluster about this, that, and the other thing. But uh, as, as we've talked about before, and as other people have kind of wrote in on the show, you know, this guy's kind of an old, used to be an old New York Democrat type thing. And uh, quite frankly, I don't really think firearms ownership really means much to him because he runs in elite circles, you know, whether he's kind of a, whether, whether you think he's a good guy or a bad guy doesn't matter. He, and whether you think you know, he is a, an elite person or not, doesn't really matter. He has the wealth. And of course now he has the power for that. Uh, so for somebody like him, for his family, it doesn't matter what the laws are. It doesn't matter what restrictions there are. He and his family and probably his close friends will always be able to have any type of firearm that they want, whether it's legal or illegal to have them. They'll get some special dispensation or something like that. So anyway, I think it's interesting that he at least addressed the NRA meeting, that type of stuff. So at least it shows he has some awareness of us and kind of what some of the things we'd like to see get accomplished. Again, going back to the thing we talked about before, what are we going to get accomplished? You know, I don't know on on a federal level, on a state level, at least out here in Arizona, we were able to, oh, I don't want to say dodge a bullet, but we were able to, through uh, the Citizens Defense League, we were able to get some legislation that would have negatively impacted us, kind of steered off and headed in the right direction. And kind of speaking of that, the legislature here in Arizona officially adjourned on the 4th. So they adjourned on Friday. And that means that basically if certain bills hadn't gotten to a certain point, I'm not going to go into too many details of it, but if, if certain bills hadn't gotten to a certain point in the process, then they're dead. Uh, so there was a couple of them and... One of them was the governor's school safety bill. And that was the one that I was maybe mentioning a little bit before about how it could have had some negative impacts on us. Uh, and I wanted to read one of the, uh, a little bit of the paragraph from 
Arizona Citizens Defense League email that they sent me. It says, we thank the Arizona Citizens Defense League members and activists that sent over 67,000 emails to legislators and the governor using the AC, or AZCDL's Legislative Action Center this session, and we did make a difference. Among the casualties of uh, basically the, the legislature being adjourned was Senate Bill 1519, the Governor's School Safety Bill, introduced late in the session. It was fast-tracked in the Senate, and seemingly it was unstoppable until we got involved. We'd like to thank the governor, the bill sponsor, Senator Steve Smith, and the legislative leadership for addressing our concerns and significantly amending the original legislation. More importantly, we thank those of you who generated the almost 37,000 emails to their legislators about Senate Bill 1519, giving the bill greater exposure and allowing us to impact the outcome. One bill that survived the session and was sent to the governor shortly before the end of the session was 2212, which would extend the privilege of carrying firearms in Arizona with certain limited exceptions to any sworn and certified law enforcement officer employed by any jurisdiction, federal, tribal, state, local, etc. in the United States. Uh, this bill was sent to the governor on May 3rd. We have prepared an email, blah, blah, blah. And in other news, uh, House Bill 2211, which added a personal exemption for firearms to the state's bankruptcy statutes, was signed by the governor on the 12th. So there were some other things that were out there that I was kind of interested in or would have liked to have seen gotten a little bit further in the process or gotten past this session. And one of those was a bill, and I can't remember the, the number of it, but it was extending the age of the militia. And I, I forget what it extended it to. But basically, you would say, well, you're not in a militia. Why would you care about that? But basically, it would be one of these things where if the state government went way the other way, Arizona is generally a pretty conservative state, and generally that's what our, our uh, legislative stuff goes. But let's say if they said, well, only... Militia members, excuse me, militia members are going to be allowed to have semi-automatic weapons, that type of thing. If you get that age extended, let's say up to 75 or 85 or however it was going to be, you would just add another layer of protection. And this is a bill that has, uh, the last few years has been tried to get through, but it always kind of seems to be a casualty. I think that eventually, though, it will make it through. Generally, the age of the militia in Arizona is from 18 to 45. So imagine if you were 46 years old and they said all of a sudden you can't own firearms anymore, you can't own a semi-automatic rifle, or you can't own an AR-15 because you are out of that militia age, so you wouldn't be able to serve in the militia, so therefore you don't need to have this, that, and the other thing. And again, it's not necessarily that they are saying, oh, well, militia equals Second Amendment rights, but what it does is it adds an extra layer, it adds an extra buffer of another hurdle that they would have to jump over to be able to do confiscation. With, uh, let's kind of double back a little bit, with the school safety bill, um, by coming in and taking sort of control of it and being able to have a seat sort of at the table, things were kind of, toned down and some of the things that would have been maybe detrimental to us were uh, taken off the table. The, the thing with the thing about uh, the bill 
saying, okay, any any law enforcement officer can carry in the state or go to certain places or this, that, and the other thing. Again, a lot of times what we see with that stuff is, and you guys know that I'm not a big fan of saying, oh, okay, well, police get this right and the citizenry don't. Police get this privilege and the citizenry don't. What we've seen, at least in this state, or at least how it works, is generally you have to kind of give it to the police first and all these other agencies first. And then once you do that, it becomes easier than to say in the next year or two, let's go ahead and pass that on to the citizen. And what they will probably do then is say, well, if you've got a concealed carry permit, then you get the same stuff. And then eventually it'll say, well, as long as you're not a prohibited possessor, then you get the same stuff. So anyway, that's a little bit of my rambling on some of the stuff that's going on out here. And uh, like I've said in, in shows past, and I'll probably say over and over again in upcoming shows is, it is important to know what is happening in other states. And it is important, uh, especially if, if your state is a little, is one that is a little bit beleaguered. If you can point to other states and say, well, hey, look, in Texas and in Arizona and in Utah and in Wyoming and in Montana, this is stuff that's happening and we have the data on it. and. What's nice about places like Texas, what's nice about places like Arizona is in the Phoenix metropolitan area, you have one of the larger cities in the United States. So stuff that does happen in here or that is happening here from a a lawmaking standpoint, I think you could easily say, well, hey, this is a city of, you know, X amount of million people. And so if it works there, it can work in other places as well. Uh, Also, and I've I've said before too, if you think something like Arizona Citizens Defense League would be a good fit for your state, go ahead and give those guys a a call or contact them. If you wanted to set up something similar, they're more than happy to try and get organizations like that uh, throughout the country. Now, again, earlier, in the thing I had said uh, when I was reading their email, we sent a total over of this of this session of over what was it 60, 67,000 emails. Now that makes a difference. And yes, a lot of those emails were repeat emails that people sent you know several times. But what that shows is, and especially on the school safety bill, when you get thirty. 7,000 emails on just that one bill alone, what it shows these guys is, uh uh-oh, there's people that are willing to do this, are willing to take the time to do this. That means that they may be willing to vote for somebody else when it comes time for me to get uh, reelected. That may mean that if there's something that I oppose and I need support to come out to maybe defeat, you know, a certain thing that that I want to have done, if I can count on, if I support these people now, maybe I can count on them to support me later. If, again, if it falls within that wheelhouse of, it's not, you know, taking away rights, that type of thing. So anyway, let's go ahead and let's kind of switch tracks from the political more into some gun stuff. Now on the last show, I had talked about that I was going to try and get out to the gun range this week. It didn't happen. I'm hoping, hoping to be able to get out this week and do some uh, some more testing. 
especially with the VP9 and, and that system that I've got on there uh, with the laser and light combo, I kind of want to see what it does and I want to do some long-term testing with that and see how it holds up, does it hold zero, all that type of stuff. But let's talk a little bit about some optics. And one of the reasons that I like to talk about optics so much is because of the state of ongoing deterioration of my vision. And everybody is gonna get there eventually. And what I like about the red dot is it solves a bunch of problems for me, whether it's gonna be an RMR, whether it's gonna be a Delta Point Pro, or whether it's gonna be, and I think they've, they came out with it not too long ago, there was uh, Holosun, I think it is the 507C, which is their foray and specifically designed for uh, putting on a pistol. And I think it has the same footprint, so basically the same base uh, area it would take up as the Trijicon RMR does. As far as price, something like that, I, I wanna say it is about $299. You can sort of find it there all day. If you look around, you can find a Delta Point Pro for around $300, $320. Um, you, you don't find them all the time, but you can find them. They're out there. Their sales or their coupon codes and things like that where you can get the price down. But Holosun is, is an optic that is seeming to put some quality stuff out there, especially for the price. And some people may say, well, you know, there's other stuff that's more rugged or it's maybe clearer glass or this, that, or the other thing, or maybe it's a little bit tougher. But the reality is for most of us, it would probably do the job. You know, we, we are not out there banging our stuff around and abusing them. We're not on patrol in the mountains. We're not kicking in doors and, and, uh, having the side of the gun get bashed up against the door or getting in fights with guys where our gun is kicked across a parking lot, that type of thing. Most of us aren't doing that. Most of our guns stay in the holsters except when we're at the range or in a class or doing some training, things like that. And they generally don't get abused too much. And they generally, most of us take pretty good care of our guns. I've, you know, I've never been a big fan of, oh, I'm never gonna clean this or I'm never gonna do this or I'm never gonna do that because generally I like to have my guns pretty well cleaned and pretty well lubed up because I want to give my gun the, the highest possible chance of working properly that I can. So the idea that I'm going to, you know, I, I still like to watch the torture test and stuff. It's kind of fun to see kind of how it goes, but generally for me, that's not how I want to carry the gun or, or do anything like that. And I think if you are, do an experiment on maybe an extra gun that you have or a gun that you don't carry or that you're not gonna press into service or that type of thing, then yeah, you could do something like that. But for me, eh, don't wanna do it. Now that's different than maybe going out and doing some drills and things like that and seeing, oh, okay, is this thing gonna fail? What's it, what's it gonna do? You know, it's, I'm not purposely abusing it at that point, but what I would do with maybe long-term tests is seeing, okay, well, taking care of this the best way I can are there any failures that have been induced uh, with that stuff? So anyway, getting back to the Holosun stuff, I haven't had any experience with that. I know some of you guys have had to have had experience with it, but I have been intrigued by it. They also have come out with, and it's a little bit more expensive. I think it's about another $30 more on a Holosun 5, 
510C, and I think the C means that it's their solar designation. They have a little solar panel on there as well. It runs on batteries. But that one is more like a, a kind of an EOTech type thing, and it probably would, and you would use that more for a rifle or maybe a pistol caliber carbine type thing. So, uh, and I think that one's about $30 more. So eventually they'll probably come out with the green stuff. Now the green, you, the eye, the human eye picks that up better for most people. I don't know if, if you have some color blindness, if that would make any difference, um, or if you have some slight stuff, you know, everybody's different. Everybody sees things a little bit differently. I notice a difference in some of the optics that I've looked through that have a green versus a red, and I generally pick up the, the green a little bit better. Having said that, the red works just fine as well. So anyway, let me know what you guys think on that. Or if there's anybody out there that has any experience, have they held up well for you? Have they, they uh, failed? Did you think that the glass wasn't that great? I'd love to get some reports back from some guys that have had some experience with that. And again, you can send that to me at uh, firearmscafe at gmail.com or you can send it over to monkey66 at protonmail.com and that stuff will get to me and we'll get that out on the show for you. One thing that I have gone and looked at and am intrigued by, on the last show, uh, we got some feedback talking about going on arms list and using arms list as a alternative to some of the stuff. Now back page is still down as of today, at least when I went on there and checked, it was still kaput, but I did go on arms list and I did check some stuff out and eh, I don't know, not having used it, it's going to be hard. It, it does. You can like our email, like our voicemailer had said, you can set it up for a specific state and even specific cities in that state. So again, if you were out in the Phoenix area, or if you were down in Tucson, you can set it up for the different things so you have stuff there. Um, I did see on there a couple of things that intrigued me that were at pretty good prices. Eh, don't know if I have the money to spend on that right now. At the next uh, gun show, I may try and go and sell a couple of things. I may also try arms list and see if I get any bites uh, and uh, see how you kind of do that. I think what you can do, they have a little button on there where you can contact the seller and so you can text them and you can say, hey, I'm in, you know, Phoenix or such and such. And let's go meet at Bass Pro Shop or let's go meet at Cabela's or something in the parking lot. And we can do some trades there. And generally, as I've spoken about before, Arizona is um, you can still do private sales. And as long as you have your due diligence, meaning you think that the person's not a prohibited possessor and you're not buying stolen property. Yeah, you know, you're well within the letter of the law. So. And generally, that's how it usually works. You'll say like, oh, are you in this part of Phoenix? Okay, well, let's meet at the quick trip on, you know, Fifth Street and in McDowell or whatever. And then you go there and you do the stuff. Um, so I will give you a report on there. I'm going to put a couple of things on there. We'll see how it goes when a gun show comes up. I will go there and maybe I'll do a thing where I'll take my uh, recorder with me and we'll do a little bit of a field stuff as I've done way, way in the past. I've done some stuff like that, so. One final idea, and then we'll kind of call the show to a close for today. And I was thinking about this the last few days. I had seen a an older post or something like that, and it was had to deal with a instructor who had lied about their credentials. 
And that got me to thinking, well, how should we respond to a person that does something like that? And then it also got me thinking, well, how should we respond to, let's say, somebody who is in the industry, who is making products that they want us to buy? How should we respond when that person or that company, and usually it's the head of the a company or something like that, how should we respond when that person says stuff that is clearly, whether we want to use the term anti-gun or anti-rights or is clearly endorsing restrictions or regulations that should not be endorsed. How should we respond to that person? Is there any redemption that, because what I've seen in the past is I've seen somebody will get interviewed maybe by uh, some uh, certain media outlet. This generally isn't very pro-gun and they'll come out with a quote saying something like, well, magazines should be regulated or, AR-15 should be put on the, uh, as part of an NFA act. So you have to go through and have a tax stamp to own one, that type of stuff. And then what happens is a firestorm erupts and the guy is covered in his own crap. And then he comes back and says, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now that's not what I said. And they, they took it out of context and, how dare you believe this anti-gun media source before you would believe me? And it's always hard to say, and it's always hard to know, well, because we weren't there at that interview, there's usually no tape of it. I don't know why these guys in the age of having an easy recorder, why you wouldn't record everything as well on these interviews. And then if they're going to twist your words, and here's the thing too, if you know that there has been a, history of these of these uh, media outlets twisting people's words and getting them into hot water and, and and turning it into stuff to where well it seems like he said that but really that wasn't in context and this that and the other thing why wouldn't you record everything just for your own stuff and if they say well if you're going to record it you know we don't consent to be recorded then you got to say well then I'm not going to do the interview you go do somebody else and I think what happens a lot of times is people's egos get stroked a little and they want to be in the limelight. They think it's going to be good publicity, but they don't do some of this stuff. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Usually what happens, and we saw this a long time ago with uh, Cheaper Than Dirt and a couple other of, of these online retailers and stuff that when there was a shooting, they were going to go ahead and pull certain rifles off. They were going to pull AR-15 components and things like that. And so for me, with Cheaper Than Dirt, I said, okay, if you're going to do that, there's tons of other online providers for me to get this stuff. I'll never shop from you again, ever. Because I saw what you did, I saw what your intent was, and I saw that you caved into pressure from whom I don't know. I don't... So it would be, you know, let's say that I sold AR-15 lowers. And then I had a group that came and was protesting me and saying, well, you know, we're going to cause a shitstorm for you, you know, if you don't start pulling, you know, certain triggers or certain components or something like that. I'd just be like, well, you're never going to, you're never going to buy those from me anyway. I'll be able to weather the storm. And by putting this stuff out and publicizing it, my base of customers, they'll rally around me. So I never really quite understand why 
certain manufacturers. I know Daniel Defense has done stuff. There's been, and of course, they the Lantac and some other stuff. And of course, they always come back and say, well, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. And then you get other people in the industry say, well, hey, I know this dude and he's a good egg and he kind of messed up, you know, he effed up a little bit. And, you know, that's, I, I know this guy and I've known him for 30 years and he's always been a pro Second Amendment guy and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, so, Anyway, I guess that kind of the bigger question is, how do we respond to those people? And it's, it's hard for me sometimes to maintain or keep giving support to certain of those companies when this seems to kind of happen, not on the regular, but it happens, it happens enough to cause concern. It happens enough to where we need to be talking about it. So should we totally boycott those people? So again, let's go back to the example of somebody that makes lowers. There's tons of lowers out there. Most of them are using, uh, what is it called? The CC machines or whatever they call CC. I don't know what they're called. Anyway, they use the computer machines where they're carving stuff out. So the specs are in there. So, you know, so I don't know if one is that much better than another. You know, who knows? You could have the whole argument about forged versus billet, that type of stuff, but you know, most of that stuff is all computer controlled. So is one really better if the materials are the same? I don't know that they're using any type of different aluminum. Some of them use, what is it, the 61 as opposed to the 71, this, that, and the other thing. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that really makes that big of a difference. Some people would say it, it does. But anyway, get back to that stuff. The, the whole point is that there's plenty of, of other manufacturers out there that don't do this type of stuff. Just kind of food for thought. For me, I like I said, I have a hard time kind of sending my money in. And there are certain companies that I just won't. I won't send anything in. I'll pay an extra $10. Is $10 really going to make or break me in the long run? No. But at least on that point, I can say, okay, well, I can keep some of my principles intact. I don't necessarily have to put those things aside just up for a monetary, uh, short-term monetary gain. And it's different too than saying, okay, well, do we forgive but not forget? Because for me, I can probably say, well, maybe the people that made those decisions at Cheaper Than Dirt, maybe they're, they're no longer there. Uh, but, you know, for me, I remember, and I'm not going to forget and you can say, well, maybe that's not that fair to that company, but then guess what? You need to have in your corporate mindset, if you're trying to sell to our culture, to the gun culture, you need to understand that if you say or do certain things, especially that are endorsing regulation, that are endorsing taking away and limiting of fundamental rights, there can be consequences for doing that stuff. And some people say, well, does that mean you're against free, sh uh, free speech or that you are endorsing censorship? And not at all. You can say what you want to say. You can do what you want to do. You can call for, for more regulation, all that stuff. But then don't expect me, if you're going against my fundamental rights, don't expect me and don't expect several others of us to then support you with our dollars. And... Again, even with our, even on social media, don't expect any type of support, that type of stuff. All right, my friends, I think I have rambled on long enough. Let me give you that contact info. Once again, like I said, I'd love to hear from you. I am thrilled to get feedback of any kind. 
Uh, speaking of that, I guess uh, I haven't gotten any new um, things over at iTunes, any new reviews or, or stars or anything like that. If, if you want to, go ahead and do that. I don't really know how much it makes uh, a difference of, especially for us. I don't know if some of our things, because we're gun stuff, gets kind of buried anyway, but if you haven't done a review, go ahead and head over there. If you use iTunes, give me a review on there. Uh, so anyway, contact info, voicemail, area code 206-745-2731. Email, I have two of them, firearmscafe at gmail.com and monkey66 at protonmail.com. All right, guys, I'd love to hear from you, and I will talk to you next time.